Life Now show. Um, I am your host, Coach Ria. I'm always delighted to be here with you live or if you're listening to me um, on an archive or, of course, on iTunes podcast. I do appreciate you being here and I do appreciate you listening to my show and support the show. I am the founder and a CEO of Your Life Now. It is a professional life coaching service. In my practice as a professional life coach, I work with individuals as well as business owners, helping them achieve a successful um, success in their personal as well as their professional life. There are so many areas that I try to cover when uh, practicing my coaching service, and some of these areas are, but not limited, to personal and professional growth, personal relationships, professional relationships, money, finances, career, self-esteem, health, fitness, overall quality of life. And we also, which is something that is really hard, uh, deep to, uh, you know, close to my heart, is spirituality. And on this show, I try to discuss um, these topics. I bring on guests. Sometimes I host a show um, solo to basically give you a, a live coaching lesson on the show. And uh, we try to cover some of these areas of impact in our life and see how we, I can help you somehow, hopefully um, improve your life some way or another. Uh, you know, as I always wanted to put this out there, what is my intentions of doing this show? Really, my intention of having this show is to inspire you, to inspire you to look for some of these options and choices that are out there that can make a difference in your life. Bring yourself, bring your awareness to yourself and see what's going on and where can you grow and what can you let go of to have a better life or to have the life that you deserve to live. One more thing that I like to put out there, this show is really intended to be a thought-provoking and not intended to be a professional advice. I am a professional life coach. Most, Of course, all my clients, all my guests that comes in on the shows are professional guests. And I always put their information on the on the show page, and I give it to you at the end of the show, so you can reach them directly, and you can reach me as well on my website or by email me. My website is www.coachingbyria.com. Today on my show, I have a great friend and uh, a great guest. He is Jeff Brown. Jeff is the author of Soul Shaping, a journey. Uh, a self, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, of course I missed that. Self, it's a journey of self-creation. Jeff is from um, Canada. He was born in Toronto, Ontario. I believe he lives right now as well in Toronto. 
this is who Jeff is, and we'll we'll talk to him, and we'll let him tell us a little bit more about himself. But he is he was a picture of success in the eyes of the world. He had everything that he needed to have, as far as the world is concerned, to have to be successful. He was a dean honor list on, uh, as an undergraduate. He won the law um, and medicine prize in law school. He apprenticed with famous criminal lawyer. But one day, Jeff woke up to realize he needed to find the truth of his real, authentic self. Jeff received his MA in psychology. He also co-founded an open-heart game, a game with a heartfelt intention. Also, Jeff has been working on his his, um, documentary. We'll ask him about that and see where he is with that documentary. Jeff believes the important things he did, he was, it was his inner work, going in and doing some serious work. So we, I can't wait to, to have him on the air now so we can, um, we, can, we can ask him all these questions. And so by going inside and connecting his spirituality with his emotional life, he learned essential lessons. By learning to surrender to the school of hard knock, the school of life, he found his authentic face through his more authentic lens he was called to write his book, Soul Shaping, Journey of Self-Creation. I am so delighted to have you, Jeff. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Rhea. It's a pleasure to be with you. I, I really appreciate you being here. I mean, obviously, I didn't go through everything that you have done. I mean, your background is, is it's, it's very impressive. And, and, I mean, I want to start with, you know, I mean, I'm professional. I, I went to, you know, I mean, I, I came from a different background. I, I had to work hard to prove myself to 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 uh, to make other people happy, you know. To you know, look me look at me and say, "Oh my gosh, she is now doing something with her life." But I'm still growing as a person. I'm still growing, and that's the reason I became a life coach because I felt, you know, I come from a corporate background, but yeah, I'm here because I feel there's a need and a purpose. And I think your book, when I start put it reading your book, I couldn't put it down, and I think probably I sent you a message. I ended up writing like probably about 25 pages, you know, because I felt there was so much emotion that came out of me that, you know, of course, I'm always connected with, with those emotions. But what was going on? I mean, there were so many things. I mean, you you were the ideal a lawyer, for God's sake. What happened? Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, big question. Um you know, I heard of, uh, I guess, a voice. I mean, not a not a voice that was external to me, but a voice that seemed to be lodged in, I guess, the cells of my being that had a different idea of what direction I was supposed to go. I mean, I'd always had a vision throughout my early life and my adolescence of being a criminal trial lawyer. And, in fact, I had a very clear vision of working with the man that I ended up working with. Um, I used to see him on television when I was a kid, and I used to say I'm going to work with him one day. And so it was clearly it was clear that that path was part of my template or my soul scriptures for this lifetime. But that wasn't the end of the story. It was just a step on the journey. There's so many steps, and mm-hmm. the next step, which came became much more obvious to me as I was just about to uh, be called to the bar and begin a, a practice, a very active practice was to walk in another direction and not know that direction. I mean, that was the hardest thing for a directed warrior personality to accept that I wasn't going to know for some period of time where to walk next, but that I wasn't to make that move. And that little voice that I named Little Missy, the little voice that knows, 
had another, I guess, karmic agenda for my life. And um, after a tremendous amount of effort and difficulty and and tons of confusion, um, I listened to, to that voice and stayed in the fire of self-creation until the next step in the journey was revealed to me. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, you are listening to your Life Now show, and with me um, on the show today, uh, Jeff Brown, the author of Soul Shaping. You can chat with Jeff, or if you have a question for Jeff, you can call 626-213-5773. Skype callers are welcome, and I also have the chat room open, so you can post your questions there, your comments, and I will be happy to um, to pass that on to Jeff. You know, when you were digging deep inside, I mean, obviously, you know, like through reading your book and, and, and some of the things that I have, you know, uh, been following you doing, you know, for a while, is is what did you find when you were digging in? I mean, what, I mean, obviously there's a lot of emotion comes out, and it is a journey, and we're still on a journey, still young, and you, you're going to still be experiencing different emotions, and, and, and things are going to go up and down, and, you know, after all, we are human, and we do experience emotions. But what did you find when it started, you know, going really deep and internally? Um, uh, Well, the first thing that I found was was unresolved pain. Uh, You know, it was what I found was uh, grief and and rage and sadness and and everything that I had known through my early life that I had had to primarily, particularly in my adolescence and early twenties when I needed to build a life, I had put away and adapted my consciousness so that I could make my way in the world and. Around that time, I guess because I knew that I had become a lawyer and that I could meet my security needs or issues for the first time in my life, I felt safe enough on some level to be able to drop down into that material. And so when I stepped back from law, not in the with the definitive intention that I wouldn't go back, just, you know, I had like an internal negotiation and mm-hmm. it was clear that it was just for the moment and um, that was the that was the deal that was struck between these parts of myself. The first thing that started to happen is a lot of the old pain started to come through me. You know, I would go to courtrooms and sit in the back as though I was going to find my answers as to my direction there, and you know, I would just cry. I was just feeling into old feelings, and and after that phase, uh, I I then had to learn how to sit in the discomfort or uncomfortable feelings around befriending my own confusion as to my past. So it wasn't just like I cleared out the emotion and then I had clarity. Then I really was able to become more available for the deeper and next stage question, which was what's the direction you need to take yourself in in your career and in your creative life. And so I hung in that process for a long time. You know, I lived, I had a lot of experiences to gather information to um, inform the process, but a lot of the time was spent really just feeling into my, my inner world for the first time. Yeah. You know, I mean, by all means, you know, not to be taken wrongly, but I mean, I think you probably were at a better place than most of the people who don't have something to fall back to. You know, you had a career, so you you had made a negotiation with, you know, internally mm-hmm. with yourself. Well, if this is, doesn't really take me anywhere and I can't find, you know, what truly is supposed to be unfold for me, I know I have something to fall back on. But I, I Absol- mean, from absolutely, my perspective, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but some people get stuck, Jeff, and and that's what I really. I mean, the show is really, like I said. I mean, you know, I I put my intention out there. I want to help people out there who are listening. 
when you feel stuck and, and you know that is a calling, I'm always feel like I always feel like I need to be doing more. I mean, this is this is who I am. And I know there's a lot of people out there that they feel like, you know, but they don't have the resources. They don't have the things like yeah. what do you do? How do you how do you get unstuck? Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's path is different, and uh, you know, one of the great struggles we have in this world is that we're now beginning to understand this idea that there's a purpose that lives inside of us, that our birth is not accidental or arbitrary, but yet the structures of society are not set up to support that quest. Um, you know, we're at the very beginning of that consciousness, so it is a very difficult time. Um, you know, I worked like a dog in businesses to create realities where I had space and time to uh, integrate these understandings, to quest into the inner world. You know, I worked hard. No one handed anything to me. Uh, but at the same time, I did, for whatever reason, come into this incarnation with a lot of fire in me. I don't have a clear understanding of what that was about. My soul was on fire. And, you know, I had a choice in my early life living in this crazy childhood to either completely shut down and give up or to punch my way through it. And I don't know why I chose to punch my way through it, you know. I don't know if that was karmic or if that simply had to do with uh, the, the nature of the environment itself, um, but I did. And um, at, But at the same time, you know, every little step in the direction of true, what I call true path or sacred purpose was an earned step. You know, I think in Western culture, we're so encouraged in the direction of substitute gratification, things that we can purchase and instantly get gratified, We've lost sight of the idea that you do something over a long, long period of time. You know, how many people I do work with, do soul-shaping sessions with people, and quite often one of the first things they say is, how long is this going to take? And my my response to them is, well, how long is your life going to take? Because that's how long this is going to take. Um, you know, we're, what we're talking about is over the course of a lifetime uncovering who you really are and manifesting it. And I think, you know, we have to be patient about the path, persistent but patient, and not have unrealistic expectations. Stuckness is part of the journey. It's an absolutely essential part of the journey. We, we two, Three steps forward, two steps back is the nature of self-creation. We fall back to habitual ways of being. That's our habitual range of emotion. That's what got us here. That's what we're comfortable with. We go back inside like turtles to integrate new information before we move back out in the new direction. And I think that one of the biggest problems is that we're simply not patient about this journey. It's a lifetime journey, and we've really got to get that. You know, our real life is not waiting for us. This is our real life. The emotional issues, the emotional issues we're working through in order to reach a stage where we can more fully embody our purpose, those emotional issues are intrinsic to our purpose. You can't grow in your spirituality unless you work through your emotional material. They're inextricably linked. They're the same thing. And I think we've really got to get that. And, and you know, the thing is, like, you know, we have to, it's not about acceptance, but it's, you know, recognizing how we feel and what we're feeling and not just ignore those feelings. But see, the thing about you, right. Jeff, what I think that most people probably don't have or they should probably try to improve on or we all can get better is the drive. You had the drive. The drive was in you because, you know, yeah. you, you knew even though that, you know, you were on a different path and, and most people, you know, uh, with all due respect, would say, what, were you insane? You were an attorney, you were a trial attorney, you were successful, yeah. you could have a career yeah. for yourself. 
what yeah. are you doing with this craziness, spirituality, and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I mean, good question. I get criticized all the time, you know, <laughs> with my work and stuff like that. But you know what? I, I guess the more I cr- get criticized, the, the, the more I have, you know, the drive to, to get better and to do better. Right. But I guess what I was trying to um, to get to here, um, do you really think you have a better understanding now of the meaning of what life is all about? Or are you still learning? I think both. I, mean, I, I, I feel more clarified than I did in the old days, for sure. Um, but I just want to go back to what you said, because I think I think the thing that people need to, and this is at least has been my experience, the emotional release work, I, you know, I think we're all born with a drive, and I think it gets blocked and obstructed. And I think what it gets blocked and obstructed with, apart from con- cultural conditioning, which derails the authenticity train, is... Um, unresolved emotional material, grief, anger, rage that's held in the cells of our being. If there's no space inside of the inner channel because it's all bunked up with old stuff, it's very difficult to get the drive or energy you need to find, to quest for, to actualize your purpose. And one of the most important things people can do in this process is to get into therapy, is to get into some environment where they can do deep psycho-emotional release work because when the stuff is cleared out, your organic, natural actualizing tendency is to move in the direction of actualizing the higher self. Um, And what often happens is people are encouraged to focus on their path or their purpose without doing the emotional work to clear the obstructions to path. And uh, I think for what the one thing that I did right in my crazy childhood is I tantrumed, wept, and cried my way through it. So I kept coming back to freshness of appreciation. So by the time I hit 20 years old and was trying to build a life in the world, while I still had a lot of stuff in me, I may not have, for example, had as much stuff as my brothers who had repressed everything and then moved through life carrying that baggage around and can't get to the next step on their journey. So emotional release is so important to living a life of purpose and it's often never, very often never talked about in the callings uh, community. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's also tied into our um, personal uh, belief system that we have grown mm-hmm. up with, and we had inherited. And and what are we, you know, what are we uh, willing to let go of, you know, to release some of these emotions? Because I think majority of us we get so. Um, I mean, I, I know so many people that they still live it in the past. They still holding, you know, uh, pain and and past pain, and and that is. It, it, it's it's stopping them in in their you know dead in their spot. They're just not moving forward, and they cannot let go of anything because they feel you know. I mean, basically, you know, we they play the victim uh, mentality, yeah. and it's hard to move you know forward when you have you know um, that kind of. Um, right, but that's about doing the work, right? I mean, you you know, you have to acknowledge yourself as a victim before you recognize the karmic choices you made to become one. If people are encouraged to jump out of victim before they've actually honored their victimhood, they're not going to get anywhere. You got to be a victim first because most of us were victims, and you've got to do the work. And and once you do the work around releasing all the stuff you're holding around being victimized, you'll naturally have the energy to move into a more empowered place where you're not identifying yourself as a victim. Quite often, though, coaches encourage people in the direction of jumping out of victimhood, bypassing victimhood too fast. So they're living this fractured reality where they're talking about how they're not a victim and they're adults and self-creating, but internally, in the cells of their being, they're still carrying all that unforgiven material. 
you got to go back the process, into the body first. The process. You got to work with the process. You got to release one thing at a time. You cannot expect things to be from you know from zero to ten in one you know one shot. You got to take those steps and you got to recognize right what's going on along the way. You know, that's because it. obstacles, that's what I work with. I think obstacles do show up in our life. We are human. I still experience this. I'm a human. I'm not a super person. And I'm sure you are not either. So we always constantly, right. you know, experiencing different emotion. We take on somebody else's emotion. You know, I mean, the stronger we are internally, the easiest for us to block, you know, somebody's external, you know, um, effects uh, on, on us. You know, I mean, let's face it, our environment, you know, are we getting the support? I mean, that's one of the questions I was going to ask you. How was it, like, growing up and, and, you know, even like, you know, when you became an attorney and then you, you know, what 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 was going on with you, the, the your environment, your, your friends, your family? What, you know, how did you deal with that? I mean, when you, you know, people look at you, it's like, Jeff, what happened? <laughs> how did you deal with that? Um... I, I, I've had some of that. I, I don't think I. I no. had, it was more. I felt it was more internal. I mean, I, I felt like I had internal. I mean, I was you know I'm a firstborn Jew and from a basically impoverished family, so I had a whole lot of internal stuff around my responsibility um, in terms of yeah. taking care of others who couldn't take care of themselves, and you know, and that was some conditioned belief that carried forward. Absolutely, and I got some negative feedback along the way, but you know, I had really reached a stage where I was kind of creating every reality I wanted and people around me knew that. So there was some, they had probably more trust in me quite often than I had in myself that I would actually get somewhere. Um, I had a lot of doubts about it. Uh, you know, my father had a very difficult time manifesting his dreams and his abilities. Brilliant man who has just got, his emotional stuff got in the way. And so I had a lot of internal messaging and concern that I was going to walk down my father's path. You know, sons often do that unconsciously, just walk down their father's path. And so I had all of that happening. And I think my greatest obstacles in life were, in, by the time I was out making a living and not living in an impoverished environment, were were internal, just inner fractures and inner beliefs and and all of that, and they, you know, they don't, they're not with me very much anymore. But I think that I went through that process internally for around ten or twelve years. I mean, it was always with me, and I had to keep walking towards a positive and self-affirming view of what I was doing, and sometimes having to find the faith somewhere, anywhere that I could find it to believe that I was moving in the right direction. Having said that, I was always moving in that direction. You know, even if fifty-one percent of me was saying yes. And 49 was no. There was still always a little bit more saying yes than there was saying no, and I think that was the that's what carried me through. So if I ask you this question, and um, you can, I guess you can answer it, you know, as as close to how you feel as possible. Who are you really? Who is Jeff Brown? How do you? How, if somebody, you know, like how do you define yourself? Are you define your, yourself by? what you have accomplished or maybe definitely, I mean, because I know you talk about healthy ego. We're going to get into ego because I look at it differently, but who are you? How would you define Jeff Brown? Who is he? I mean, I think I'm I'm kind of a polyphrenic soul, you know, and I think this may be true for everyone, just a multi-aspected soul. You know, I define myself in relation to purpose now. So where am I at on my quest for wholeness? Where am I at in my uh, my journey through timeless, you know, in terms of actualizing my soul scriptures. So, the the guy who wakes up now and is focused on the next writing project, 
in the film project, um, and who's also juggling a difficult home improvements business to sort of ground and support this journey, really is who I am. I mean, it really, you know, I never wake up in the morning wondering anymore if I'm embodying the reality I'm supposed to embody. I feel strong and solid in that. But I'm also aware, um, if I can look ahead, and if, if God willing I'm granted the opportunity to keep going like this, that I see after the book phase um, a, a different who am I really that's more um, subtle and quieter and um, probably not on radio and, you know, is just living um, a more surrendered reality. Right now I have to activate my will a lot in order to bring my intentionality through into the world. You know, you can't do this stuff without being willful, right? But the next step feels um, softer, you know, and more connected and surrendered in these other ways. You make your intentions your reality, right? Um, I guess what I what I got out of this is a message that we can put out there um, as well is the fact you can you can follow your heart passion you can follow the path that you feel more connected to but in the in the same time don't let go of something that can support that passion and that dream um, and and Absolutely. that's why you you know you say like you have something to fall on like with the home improvement to support your project you support your filmmaking you support your writing. And everything costs. I mean, I know for myself, you know, I I want to grow my you know my business in in a certain way, but I also work on something else that I know I support my you know. Yeah, I think it's one of the most important messages, and it, you know, let's forget the ungrounded messaging around you know ask the universe for what what you want, you get it, and then you end up living in your car. That's not working. What works is what I call ascending with both feet on the ground. We live in a material world. We live in a world that doesn't yet support these subtle considerations. Many of us, artists, creativists, life coaches, will never make all of our money doing that which we love. It's just not where it's at on the planet. We have to let go of the idea that we're going to. You can go for it. There's nothing wrong with going for it. But don't go for it in a way that's going to mean that all the structures that support you, that foundational structures that get food on the table, are removed uh, from your life, and that you're li- because what then happens is all of your energy goes back to basic needs, and you can't put any energy into these subtle. Con- like I, I know in myself that when my business is doing well, I'm I even if I'm busy, I, all of a sudden the writing voice comes through me. Yeah. If my business is not doing very well, I can't find the words at all because all I'm my consciousness is completely focused on the bottom line, and so we have to as mature maturing spiritualists, awakening spiritualists understand the weave between the wisdom of the West, which is grounded, grounded, solid, healthy self-concept, making a living, and then the quest for essence that comes through our affiliation with or connection to sacred purpose. And the idea, I use the term enrealment, is really to hold all of it together at one time, and that will carry us forward. And that's the magic. That's what it takes, where the discipline comes in, and this is where it takes, you know, the drive, you know, say, okay, this is my goal and uh and and you know set yourself for um yeah for the right conditions to make you got to work hard you got if you right. if you want to create this kind of reality in this lifetime you got to work hard because it's not right. set up for it you know i call it divine perspiration i mean it really is it's it's hard work it's divine but it's it's hard work i don't no day is easy for me even though i feel so excited about my writing and so excited about the support i'm getting i mean it's beautiful it, it lifts me up the soul pod carries me forward but 
at the same time, I've still got to find find the voice. I've still got to dig deep. I've still got to manage a whole bunch of realities to create space and time to do it. And that's just what it is. If you expect it to all happen easier, um, you may end up quite disappointed. You know, it happens for some of us, but not for a lot of us. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. But you know, like I I know I was reading something in your book. I think that the fact that you said one time. And that happened to me the other day because, you know, the, the thing is we live so many different, we are in so many different bodies, and, and we do live in the external, I mean, in, in the material world and, and superficial world, and people, you know, look at you, you know, I mean, they always say, oh, the first impression, the first, you know, this and the first that. And uh, um, what I'm trying to get to here is the fact, you know, we are not that, external, you know, because, I mean, you got to still bring something from in out to the world to really show who you really are. And I remember, like, reading something to the fact you said one time you saw your image in the mirror and you didn't recognize <laughs> yourself to that fact or something yeah. like that. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that that same thing happened just before I read that to me, right? I mean, I'm sure it probably happens to a lot of people where, you know, I was I was walking, you know, in a store and they had one of those cameras, whatever, that you walk and you see yourself and I'm like, Who's that person? You know, but it was me. But I mean, for a glance, I, I had to take a double look to to realize, you know, I mean, I look at myself in the mirror every morning when I'm brushing my teeth and washing my face, whatever I'm doing, you know. But it, it's, what is that? I mean, why is it so, I, I, this is a puzzle to me because I feel like, you know, who are we really? I mean, are we what? you know, our society wants us to be, or are we really, you know, it's 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 not that easy to, um, I don't know if you can answer that, but uh, what well, would, you well, know? Well, absolutely. I mean, I think it, it, we, we are living in this, this fractured reality, this split reality. I mean, I think your question's a good question, and, and it is hard to articulate because it's, it's almost like we're in our adaptation, so it's hard to see from the outside, you know, what that would look like. So, you know, we're in a world where we're basically just orienting who we are really to survival, um, conditioning, um, you know, basic protections, making sure there's enough money to cover the... I mean, that's the reality of most of the planet, is just basic needs or something a little beyond that. And and when you get into that level of survivalism, anxiety, uh, basically we just start shaping who we are, like Zelig, like to who we have to be in order to get through the day. When we start to ask this deeper question of who am I really on a deeper sense, on a, you know, what what is my path? You know, what are my gifts? What gifts am I here to open? You know, if if I had all the money in the world, who would I then become? You know, if I didn't have to adapt to the world. Um, then it's a completely different answer. So mirror is fantastic. I remember that moment at the store when I caught myself in the mirror and I didn't know who I was looking at. It was like I took me. I was like, oh yeah, I'm looking at the guy who's me, <laughs> right? But there was such a um, a wide gap between the way that I was moving internally and externally, and and who I was here to become. And that's why it wasn't that recognizable. We want to reach the point where who we're looking at is recognizable as being tapped in and connected and sourced in the authentic self and mirror work has been a big part of my journey it's a fantastic way it's uncomfortable quite often but to get in front of the mirror i mean how important it but really to look for the real things not just to look to see if the makeup's in place or if my hair is messier than usual or what but really to look into your eyes and to and to really settle into what you feel about what's in front of you 
on every level. You know, the eyes of the mirror. So all that stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, Absolutely. how you're standing, how you're holding, how deeply you're breathing, how fully are you in your body, how are you detached you know, are you doing the spiritual bypass? Are you not really in your body? Breath is very shallow, not really feeling into the emotional body and calling that spirituality. Or are you fully, deeply, energetically engaged and in the moment as your spiritual experience? The mirror is absolutely fantastic. It should be part yeah, of the public practice, school training. Actually, yeah, absolutely. I mean, actually, it's it's been a practice in my corporate uh, um, background when I was told, you know, to train myself when I'm talking to my clients to look at myself in the mirror. I used to have always a mirror in front of me, right on my desk, you know, in front of my computer, you know, so I'm looking at myself as I'm speaking, so because that's exactly what you come across to the other end. So that practice carried on in my coaching. I, I encourage my clients all the time to use a mirror to look into it. But it was different. It was totally different. I think maybe I wasn't looking deep enough. And I'm going to take a short break, and we're going to come back. I'm going to – I want to – continue talking about this for a second because I think this is really, you know, kind of a little bit deep and I, I want to get to the, you know, hopefully we can um, figure out what's going on. So I'm going to take a short break and check into the chat room and maybe post something on Facebook and, and um, please call in 626-213-5773. Chat with Jeff and I. Um, Jeff is the author of Soul Shaping and he is with us here on a special call. So um, join us. We'll be right back. your host. Uh, you are listening to your Life Now show and with me in the studio today, um, Jeff Brown, the author of Soul Shaping, Journey of Self-Creation. Thanks for being here, Jeff. I'm so um, glad you are here and, and, and uh, we were, before the break, we were talking about our our um, mirroring ourselves or seeing ourselves in, in, you know, for what we truly are. And we were discussing the fact that, you know, how we see ourselves, it's hard to look at ourselves from the outside and, and really truly see, you know, um, the true person that we are. And I, I guess when we talk about the mirror and using the mirror as a tool to kind of, you know, practicing doing that, and I mentioned that I have done that, I practice it in my, you know, with my clients, I practice it myself. But you know one of the things that I I have it I I found it to be a really hard time from you know hard for me to do like I, video you know I mean I I've been trying to get more you know of live video 
where I'm right there. And I look at myself and I just like, I, I, I have to take the judgment out. You got to take that all, you know, that what you feel is imperfection. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously women versus men, sometimes we look at, diff- at different things. But that superficial thing, it, it drives me crazy. You know, it's like I was working on a video that I want to put out there on my YouTube channel, and I just, it, it, I didn't like it. I deleted it. So I'm like, I'm working on it again. I'm like, I need to get past the fact that I'm looking at a, at a camera. And I know you're comfortable with that, and I see it like I've seen no, some of no, your work. No, 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 I'm not that comfortable with it, actually. You're not? It, no, I'm more. I'm much more comfortable on audio. Um, uh, I'm not comfortable. In fact, we're doing this film, and I was often uncomfortable. You know, my co-producer, who's very seldom in the movie, is in it a little bit, and he's incredibly comfortable. And, you know, and I, it's an odd and ironic thing, because he's not always that comfortable. Um, but, you know, for me, a lot of it has to do with shame. You know, one of the major things all of us have to work on on this planet at this stage of the collective unconsciousness, of the collective unconscious, is that we hide our light under a bushel of shame. So many of us, we do. And when we see ourselves, we don't like ourselves. You know, we don't either like our voice or our appearance or how we manifest. And it's one thing to watch it and go, well, you know, I was nervous and I I didn't manifest to the highest of my ability, and that's fine. But I think it really reveals to a lot of us, and maybe this is helpful for you as well, that you have work to do around the self-shaming piece. You know, why are we so damn hard on ourselves? Why don't we look at ourselves, even if we're not at our best, let's say, and intuitively say, um, oh, sweet soul, you did your best. There's a little room for improvement, but at least you showed up today, you know? Why don't we do that? You know, And we don't do that because so few of us have that internalized voice from people or from the culture at large. And that's where we're at as a collective. We beat the heck out of ourselves. And this is the work you and I are here to do to empower others and really to empower ourselves. I mean, that's who are we talking to? We're talking to ourselves. To, to, to learn the tools for self-honoring. Um, you know, I'm not talking about unhealthy ego. Just right. basic self-honoring is a really important step on the journey for everybody. We're all in this together in that way. Now, you you know, since you touched on the ego part, our healthy ego, um, you know, our, you know, we know our ego most of the time is here to protect us, you know, um, but you know, sometimes the um, uh, the the scale tips, I call it, you know, where our ego stands out more than our true authentic self. And we tend to um, behave and act from a place that is really un, I call it unauthentic, and not real and pretending, you know. And I, I mean, most of the time I say I have no patience for that. <laughs> like when I have people like in my life on a personal level that I feel, you know, I, I just stay away from them. I cannot connect with them. I just feel I can sense it, I can feel it, and it's just. But that's how they operate. And, and well, it's how the planet. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, we have to we have to distinguish the healthy ego from the unhealthy ego first. And this is something that you know we end up throwing the whole ego out with the bathwater, and that's ridiculous because the healthy self concept is mandatory on the path of sacred purpose. How can you possibly, in this world, push through judgments, including self judgment, and bring something fantastic into the world? Um, unless you have a strong and healthy self-concept. So there is a place for the healthy ego. And I don't actually make a distinction between the healthy ego and the soul. I, I, I think that we're on a soul-shaping journey through time, and we're at a particular stage in our cellular development, each of us. 
and that the stage and state of the ego is a direct reflection of where we're at on our spiritual journey. I don't think it's independent of spirituality. I think it is spirituality, just like the emotional body is the same for me as the cellular journey. And the problem is that ego runs amok, and it the unhealthy ego takes over more than the healthy ego. But it's complicated because in the surviving, survivalist world, world we come from, the animalistic, we need the unhealthy ego sometimes to punch our way through. You know, So I have some compassion for it while at the same time understanding its perils. Ram Dass said, and I love this, he said, you have to become something before you become nothing. And when you become nothing, you become everything. And I, for me, my time in law was all about proving to myself that I could do it, so that when I came to the next step in my journey, I had faith in myself. And I needed to be a little cocky. I needed to be a little arrogant in order to prove to myself that I could be part of that world, you know. So I think it's complicated, and I think we have to look at it in a broader way. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I have I struggle with that because I, I I know sometimes you know I'm I I could be firm. I mean, I like I said, I come from a you know corporate business background and stuff, and I needed to be firm for people to take me seriously and stuff like that. But I have a problem with it. I I feel like I need to be true to myself and to other. And I, you know, and sometimes I'm taking the wrong way. You know, I mean, like now I experience that. I feel like you know, you know, people sometimes either take advantage of you. You know, when you are, you know, using the healthy, you know, part of you that's supposed to be shining to the world. Like you know, like go when I let go of who I am, I become what I could, what I will be. Right? What Latsu is it Latsu who says that? You know, and I, I, but I, I just, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is something, you know, with the ego. Like I said, it is complicated, but. Um, um, yeah, I, guess, I mean. Yeah, no, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, I mean, go ahead. I, I yeah, I'm listening to what you're gonna say because. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it absolutely is complicated, but I think it's a lot more subtle. You know, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I don't like to be around the unhealthy egoic energy it doesn't do much for me um in myself or in other people of course but i also understand that it is the stage we're at in the collective i mean this is the human condition that we're most of us don't walk through the world feeling good about ourselves you know because you know when you feel good about yourself you don't need to keep showing up with the unhealthy ego to prove anything to anyone because right. you're you're internally validating and I think most of us, even those of us who have achieved everything we've wanted to achieve, I mean, even Oprah Winfrey, who has done so much to transform humanity, I'm sure she would quite readily acknowledge that she still has stuff that comes through her related to her own shaming and her own history, you know, voices from within that have to be overcome to believe in yourself every day and that it's an ongoing process. Because you can't step out as much as we want to step out, and the meditation cavers all think they're stepping out. You cannot step out of the collective vibration. We can we can push on through and get a little ahead of it, but we're still living in this and carrying forward these understandings. Yeah, I mean we're we've all got the unhealthy ego in us, you know, to varying degrees. And I think I'm moving as I get older in the direction of being less black and white about things. You know, black and white served me and it was a reflection of a stage of my own development. But now I try to hold everything as much as I can at one time. It makes it more complicated in a way, but it feels more true, you know, that it's all happening at one time. And that's in real mint, you know. So I don't like the unhealthy ego guy, but at the same time I can try to hold an awareness of where that's coming from in our human experience. 
Well, that's what it is. It's bringing awareness. I mean, being aware of what's really going on. And, right. And but uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's another topic. Another you know, I mean, awareness is, is something most people are not aware of what's going on. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's mm. like uh, I feel like you know, I guess the way I observe, you know, not to be in a in a judgmental, you know, but I mean, maybe I victim of it as well. It's like we like robotic, you know, we, we move on in our life. It's like, you know, doing things that or ha- letting things happen to us spontaneously without really stopping and thinking it's like, wh- why, why, why am I letting it, you know, be yeah. the way it is or wh- yeah. how can I stop it? I mean, you know, most people like, you know, they get from A to B when they drive in and they don't even conscious of how they get from A to B. How many times were you in that place? Right. I know I was, but I'm more conscious of it because it takes a practice, obviously. But the yeah, thing is, absolutely. you know, that's what the majority still, of people... I, we're asleep. I mean, I'm asleep. You know, I, I have... Ha- I have ha- Absolutely. I have habits that I continue to repeat over and over again that are, you know, I drink coffee. I shouldn't drink coffee. I get up and I get a coffee. I know I shouldn't have a coffee. It's not good for my body. I'm asleep, I get up, I get a coffee. I mean, this is a very simple habit that really reflects a sleepy consciousness, a part of me that's not fully owning what I know to be true. Only one example of m- amongst many examples. It's relative. For sure there are people that are probably more asleep than me, but there are also people that are more awake than me, and we're all in this together, right? We're all starting, starting. I mean, I don't believe we're in the middle of a radical shift. I don't believe any of that. I think that there are little increments, and we're in a little increment of awakening. Um, we have many, many, many more to go before we're actualizing the fullness of human magnificence. There's no question about it. But, you know, and we're all, you know, I mean, so, for example, if wholeness is 100%, and if humanity is hanging out around 5% of their potential, you know, when I'm having a real good day, I get up to 7 or 8%. I never think I got the other 92 covered. You know, a lot of spiritual teachers or gurus will manifest or talk like they're at 100, and they're absolute liars. Um, it's just not possibly true. We have so much farther to go on the human journey, and I think we have to always remember that we're only a few wrong moves away from going back to sleep, Right. I just got to, like, fall into a pattern and habitually <laughs> yeah. avoid it, and I'm asleep right. again. And I don't care how full, I mean, in my most clarified moments, I know it doesn't take that much to go back to 5%. I think that it's really helpful to remember that. And, and, and you know, the conscious thing is, like, you know, I mean, the thing, like, the question, it's a series of questions that we, I, you know, I mean, obviously in my practice, but it, the thing to ask, you know, why do we... It, 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 what do you call it? What I want to say, the word I want to say, um, hurt ourselves. Why do we practice toxic habits? Why do we repeatedly do them? Have we ever stopped to ask ourselves, you know, like, why are you sure. getting up and drinking a cup of coffee? What is, what is it doing for you? What is Absolutely. it doing for you? I, oh God! I mean, you gain the so pleasure many... that caffeine, you know, no, whatever. No, it's well, it's it? a little, it's a, a little bit of a wakes up the brain thing for sure. If I'm sluggish, there's no question. There's a little bit of a physiological component, although the suffering that ensues is much worse than the benefit. But I think it's more than that. I think we do. It's I call them self-destructive behaviors or depth avoidant behaviors. There's a part of us that is not ready to fully live, including myself, and embody our vulnerable revealed, actualized wholeness. It's still a scary world. It's still a world that's perilous, 
that's vibrating on basic needs, it's not a safe world yet. And I think on some deep level, we intuitively know that. So we keep tripping out of being completely vulnerably present and open. I know that I do, and I know that's part of what it's about. When I'm in that most open, alive, you know, truly vulnerable to my path place, there's always a part of me just below the surface that wants to pull me out of it because it's so scary to be there. It's so scary yeah. to be there. And, it, that's it human, and that's the human experience. I have yeah. never met a fully awake human. And I, you know, I've seen gurus and sat before them and all that yeah. nonsense. I have yeah. never met a fully awake human in my life, you know, because, and as much as we want to project it onto someone, because God, we want to find God somewhere in human form, right? Uh, they're not here. We're not. We're not there yet. And so this is the ongoing struggle. No matter how actualized we think we are on our path to purpose, to keep coming back to the reality that we can get pulled out of it in a heartbeat. Because when we push through to that place, we're pushing beyond the collective vibration at this stage. It's fantastic. I encourage everyone to keep doing it until they can do it more often. I can do it more often than I used to, but you know, this is where it's at. We're still. It, yeah. It's a, absolutely a practice. Absolutely. It's a practice yeah. of, of uh, um, you know, also disciplining your, uh, you know, I mean, and I guess like the conscious and the unconscious, the subconscious, and, and those two things, like that's where we fall in between. You know, mm. what is supposed right. to be consciously present right now, and what is mm. your subconscious is telling you or acting upon what you're really feeling and, and acting on in that present moment. It's what's creating your life. And I think if we can somehow, I mean, I have a lot of questions that I have no answer to. That I, I'm, Fantastic. I'm well, well you're, 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 then, you're, then you're waking up. That's, I mean, how can, it, how can it not be that way? I mean, there's so much we just don't know yet. And that's, that's where, you know, like people ask this, like, so how do you, if, if, if there's so many questions that you cannot find the answer to, mm-hmm. what do you do? You just accept it? To be Learn how to well. You can you, wanna... you keep go, you can keep questing. I mean, I found some answers that really work for me, yeah. and that at the moment I'm comfortable with. But you also learn as you mature on the path that there are certain things that you're not going to know, or that you're not going to know right now. And you learn how to be more comfortable in the not knowing. You know, the unhealthy ego wants to know everything, and you you just can't. You're not God yet, and you have to accept that. I mean, you know, I know you said, you know, in your book uh, that um, most of us do not know why we are here, and um, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Oh, yeah, the quest for purpose. You know, I have this course on Soul Shaping University, like a a kind of a pay-what-you-can download on my site right now, and, you know, I'm getting a lot of downloads, and really, and a lot of people download it, and then they write me and they say, God, I feel like to move in the direction of embarking on the journey you're putting forth in that course it requires me to radically change almost my entire reality which is oriented towards survivalism on this planet and and that's true you know this question of who are you really really the question and not the vapid empty i am the emptiness i am not my body i am all oneness without an individual self. I am not my feelings. Forget that. That's just spiritual bypass plus trip nonsense. <laughs> the real answer, which is who are you really, that is like what is your particular, unique, magnificent, encoded path that lives inside of you for this incarnation? We, we are at the beginning of asking that question. You know. So what you're doing, what you're attempting to do, and what I'm doing, we are really are pioneers in trying to step a little farther out on the path, 
knowing that we don't know everything, but that we know there's something about purpose that has to do with a life well lived. We're really at the beginning of helping to move ourselves, first of all, because we're doing it for ourselves and others, um, in a direction that humanity doesn't know almost anything about yet. You know, we're uncovering as we go. And that's beautiful. I mean, that's fantastic, but we have to be realistic at the same time. It's like things unfolding in a, in a you know, I mean, for me, I, if you ask me, I would say um, maybe six years ago, would you be doing what you're doing now? I'll say, I have no idea what that is. Um, <laughs> I really wouldn't. But I, I, I mean, I had like so many questions. I had so many. I've always been that kind of person that always curious Amazing. about it. I was a little kid. Yeah. You know, I want to know, why is this? You know, like, yeah. I, I didn't want to just accept things just because somebody told me that's the way they right. are. Right. You know, yeah. growing up with, you know, like, you know, what are, you know, what religious religion do you practice? What, I didn't want to do that. I'm like, why? Why should I believe this? What What, what is it that's going to make me, you know, uh, better? Am I really, what is heaven and hell? Are we doing, you know, I'm like, I used to get on, into all these questions, but I think all up to my, you know, up to now in my journey, I felt there was so many calling. There were so many things that I just like kind of kept opening up to me and telling me just keep moving. And I know in your book you talk about the um, the soul journey is such a narrow path. And I want to ask you why you say that. But I think you know I I was I was seeing things that I didn't you know I didn't even believe that is even existed. You know, in in my mind, I mean, I, like visions will come to me, and I'm not a you know a, a, a spiritual guru or, or master or yogi or anything like that. But I have like messages constantly like coming to me that I felt is like you need to pa- you know you need to get up, and I will get up and I look it up, and then all of a sudden like more of these things will start to come and show up, and it led me to you know on this journey that I'm taking right now, and I'm hoping I continue. To, to grow, and um, I really want to, like, you know, our listeners to understand that, you know, this is really just to, to we not, you know, we want to inspire you to kind of, like, you know, go in there and see what is your true path. I know you talk about true path and false path and, and, and what what is going on, and uh, question it. It's okay to question it, right? It's great. I mean, it's it all starts with inquiry, you know, and it really does and being comfortable with inquiry and we're not trained to be comfortable with inquiry we're trained to focus on what's knowable and tangible and we have to it's essential on this path to let that go and to develop an intimacy with the not knowing you have to become intimate with the not knowing and and to find your form in the heart of that and uh i mean that's i think that was the first major step on my journey um, of awakening was, you know, learning how to sit in the discomfort of not knowing. I was a focused warrior, l- lawyer at that point, and all I knew was things that were tangible. And and that focus is helpful to bringing my voice into the world. But ultimately what my voice is attempting to communicate also relates very much uh, to accepting the reality of the unknown and uh, learning to find your way in the heart of it. You know, um, I have, like, so many questions. I mean, I, I've been, like, sitting down writing, you know, a couple of days ago, like, what do I want to ask you? And, I, and like I told you, I most of, you know, my shows is always, I like it to flow freely, but I know we can't cover everything, and I want to get into your project and everything. But one thing comes to my mind that I want to maybe hopefully, you know, um, help somebody out there. I knew you grew up, you said you grew up with a lot of fear um, mm-hmm. as a child. 
And I'm not going to ask you what you are afraid of because we all have a different things that we were afraid of. I know as a child, I, you know, I had a certain fears. But how did you overcome some of these things, or did you? Um, some of these fears. I mean, I I feel I've got more fear in me now than I've had for many years. I feel as my work goes out into the public forum, you know, I've really summoned my next level of unresolved issue into my life, which is how do I feel about being publicly exposed and what do I associate exposure with from early life? I associate with attack, and so really, I feel now that I'm in more fright. Um, and for whatever reason, I've had enough experiences that I've learned. Uh, not to let that win the day. So I can sit trying to work on the film or, or write or whatever I'm up to in terms of purpose and hold to the focus while at the same time creating space for the fear. You know, So I'm, there's, I'm not black or white about it anymore. It's all happening. The monster is sitting at the table beside me saying, you're a schmuck. Who are you fooling? You have nothing to offer. Um, you don't deserve anything good. Uh, I hear it all, um, and I look over at him, and I and I nod, and sometimes I agree with him. But I continue to push on through. Now, years ago, it was a lot harder. I had to do it mostly. I was riding on faith, because the monster was stronger, and I hadn't proven enough to myself to take up space inside of that. Um, but if you keep going through the early years, the hard years, when you don't really have a voice, when you're relying on the guy in the radio like us right now, listening to us, or the book that you bought, the self-help book or whatever, to give you a little bit of faith, if you can keep going through those stages, you will reach a stage, honestly. Um, and it'll take only as long as it takes, depending on how much stuff you're dealing with. I mean, there's no timetable for it where you'll be able to find some of your purpose and honor some of your purpose and at the same time hold the space for the shadow um, that lives within us. You know, it's it's always here. You know, and well, if you're going to keep... There's, there's a sun, it's going to be a shadow, right? I mean, I Absolutely, guess and if you're going right. to keep going for the sun, exactly that, you're going to keep confronting the shadow. You know, it's you, you have to get that. You know there are there are people teaching out there that will try to convince you that it's you're moving only towards bliss in, bliss in your life. They're liars. They're just selling you something. They're not telling the truth. That is not the truth. You can become much happier in your life, but it is never going to always be bliss on this planet. That's not a whole human experience. That isn't even anything to strive for. No, not even real. I mean, I know. I mean, I know. I have no. a, my philosophy about reality: what is really, what is not. But the thing is, you know, we all human. We experience it. It's two major feelings that we experience as a human being, fear and love, right? And and wherever we are in that place of time, it's where we come in. We come in either from a place of fear, we're afraid of something, or we, we you know, or we come from a place of love. Well, but or we come from a place of both. Or we come from a place of both, where we're holding we love yeah, exactly. and right. fear at the same time. And to me, that's the movement. That's the enrealment. That's real enlightenment, to reach a stage where you're inclusive, where you're holding everything at the same time, and not just one fractured reality or another, because they're all all happening at the same time. They're always here, all the time. You know? And you can't and ignore we, one or the other. No, no. You can feel more of the fear at times and more of the love at times, but it really, we want to reach a stage where our consciousness is solid enough and yet fluid enough to hold everything at the same time. You know, I, I want to share a, 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 just a quick experience for me when it comes to fear. Um, 
I remember, you know, when we travel, you know, like uh, I've been to Costa Rica, Hawaii, and my son and my husband will do zip lining. I'm like, I would never do that, never. I would not get on that because I had the fear of, you know, I always had a fear of height, you know, and a feeling that I nothing below me or whatever. And I remember last um, spring break we went over in Mexico and we had the opportunity to do zip lining again. And I mentally, like, just kind of like, it was it was strange how I, because I consciously was present in that moment, thinking is like, okay, so there's two things could happen. You know, I could just get on that zip line, that zip line can break, and I can just drop that many, whatever, I don't know, it was like 10,000 feet, I don't know how how far, I don't think it was that many, how many feet down. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah, but you can um, die, you can die. But you can die, right? Or... I can go through these lines with 16 lines, not a short, you know, thing, 16 lines, and have fun and enjoy it. So the question is, what am I afraid of? So here I am. That's what I'm afraid of, either death or am I afraid to enjoy the experience? I don't know what it is, right? So I decided, it's like, you know what? I got to do it. I just have to do it. And I actually enjoyed myself. And I found myself, would I do it again? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would repeat that same experience, but I think because I consciously bring my, brought my awareness to the fear that I was fearing for, you know, for, from, you know, preventing me from doing, you know, um, experiencing this, this uh, adventure, it, it really kind of made it easier for me to, to, get it, to get through it. Right. I mean, I, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, we all come from a different place, but like, you know, you said we all experience in these two emotions, and they could be in the same time, or they could be, you know, yeah. one yeah. higher than I mean, the other. Right, and there's such thing as rational fears. I mean, I have no interest in, you know, walking into a situation where someone's going to point a gun and shoot me. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, there are things that, you know, you learn to distinguish. It's like an art form. You learn to distinguish between things that are ra- rational fears and things that really are the kind of fears you might want to walk into. You know, and that's how you build your steel, and that's how you realize that there's no basis for some of your anxieties. And it's you know, I keep, I I feel like I'm walking into my fears every day that I bring my work out into the world. So that every time we go to the next level, or the next book, or the next plateau, or whatever I'm working on, I feel like I'm walking into the next level of anxiety. And the important thing is to do it in a way that's integratable and digestible and not to overwhelm yourself. You know, you, that's the really the most important thing. But at the same time, to keep pushing on through. You know, Because when you push on through, you're not just pushing on through for you. You're pushing on through for the whole collective. You're pushing right. on through for your ancestors who got you to this stage, the grandmother who put food on the table, the mother who fed you, all of that who couldn't go to this level. So you keep going a little to the next level, and hopefully this is how the world evolves. We keep pushing beyond the parameters of the um, of the generation before. You know. So I had a friend who posted a question on Facebook, and she um, she said the follow quote: "Life is a journey of good and bad that keeps repeating their cycle till you merge with eternity. The sooner we accept it, the easier it becomes to follow yeah. the cycle." How do you define need your perspective, please? How do you define? I think that person just. I think that person just said it perfectly. I think that's exactly it. It's about developing uh, a comfort with the reality that it's all of that. 
You know, it's it's, it's getting yeah, it's getting out of the conditioned belief that it's going to be one thing or the other. It's getting out of the new age hype that it's going to be one or the other. I mean, there's no, nothing more perilous than new age hype. I trust the mainstream more than I trust new age hype. I mean, you really have to get it that it's we are moving in the direction. You know, I mean, it's very attractive to believe we're walking down only one pathway, but we're not. We're walking down every pathway. And that's the beauty of it, to reach the stage where we can walk down every pathway, good, bad, hold all of it at the same time. Hopefully create more good than bad, of course. But, you know, being much more comfortable living in the shadow reality, um, you know, living in your fear and discomfort, working your way through it rather than bypassing it is such an important part of reaching a stage where you're here and you're holding everything at the same time. Beautifully said. Well, my friend, um Let's take one more short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about your projects, your work, what you're doing. Like I said, I have so many questions, and I, it could take you know whole day for us to be going through everything. But you are an amazing person to be you know to have this discussion with. I really appreciate you. So uh, Thank you. I'm going to take another short break, and we will be right back. Thanks. Welcome back. This is Coach Ria, your host. Uh, you are listening to Your Life Now show, and with me in uh, studio, Jeff Brown, the author of Soul Shaping. Jeff, thanks again for being here. Um, I guess because we are uh, recording the show, and just want to put it out there, you can still try to call the, <clears throat> the show if you'd like to speak <clears throat> Pardon me, to Jeff or myself, 626-213-5773. Um, <clears throat> seems people are having a hard time to um, log on to the show since it's uh, it's not uh, publicly. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm hosting it privately because it's going to be re-recorded, but it will be archived. Uh, I will be rebroadcasting this this show again tomorrow at my usual time at 2 uh, p.m. Eastern, and it will be also available on iTunes for free download in the podcast um, section of iTunes. So, Jeff. Um, like Rhea. I said, I have so many questions. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. I, I really, really appreciate it. I love, you know, discussing these things with you. But let's talk about your project. I know you are also a filmmaker, people who don't know that. And you've been working on the documentary for a while. Is that what's what's going on with your um uh, yeah, uh, I'm a pseudo I'm a pseudo filmmaker, and I'm making a film what called Carmageddon. Well, it's my first film, so I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm a film. Okay, maker, so... It know. remains to be seen. It remains okay. to be seen whether I will be subsequently characterized as a filmmaker. Put a part, well, put me in there if you want to. Maybe I'll feel better with the camera. I know. So please, Maybe next film. Maybe next okay. film, okay. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I'm making a film about um, my connection to a spiritual teacher and kirtan chanter, well-known guy named Bhagavan Das, who was... The man who brought Ram Dass to the feet of Neem Karoli Baba in the very famous book, Be Here Now. And so, you know, we've been working on this film for 
over six years, and there's some very brilliant people in it, including Ram Dass and Sean Korn and David Permel and Waugh and all kinds of people. And, and so we're you were just at the very last stages of um, of uh, edit, and uh, we're beginning the really beginning the festival application process next week. So um, we'll, the movie will start moving out into the world soon, I think. Yeah. Oh, that is! I can't wait to. Uh, That's all I can tell you about it. I mean, I, you know, we can't okay, right. to get into details until the time. I'm okay the world with that. that. I'm okay with that. You're yeah, also working on your book in the process, right? Working on a few. Yeah, I have a quotes book a of okay. mine. Yeah, called "Ascending with Both Feet on the Ground." That's um, being put together now and uh, should be out in the world in one form or another over the course of the next month. That 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 book title was the title was um, people on Facebook were involved. They did a lot of polling on Facebook and naming the book and the subtitles. So I'm very oh. excited to bring the book to them, and I've dedicated really um, the book and the preface to my Facebook community. It's been so wonderful, and so I'm doing that. And then I'm, you know, beginning work on some other books and things like that. And and I know your project with the homeless. I mean, I, I know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have a group on Facebook as well, right? The group, or I do, I do. I haven't done much with it, although I may, you know, bring one of these books out into the world through a homelessness distribution system. That's the stage that I'm, next step that I'm thinking my way through. And um, my first edition, the original edition, self-published of Soul Shaping, was sold by a homeless man in Toronto for a number of months, and mm-hmm. and then it moved into the system. And yeah, I'm I'm always What's going trying on with to find. Is he? I mean, I know. I mean, I'm I, I see him down. I don't know. I I I'm, I'm outside the city right now, but I've seen him there. And he's, you know, he's uh, he's an American guy, and I, I, he's still pushing the push carts around, and he's, you know, just doing his trip. That's uh, pretty much all I know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. I mean, it became more complicated than over time. Yeah. But, you know, we had a very good three or four months together, and it was exciting, and he was so inspired and into it, and and gave him a little bit of hope, and you know, so it and was. Something uh, happened. Something must happen because I was. Yeah. It just it just he became. Turned his life yeah, around. Well, I think he was, you know, confronted with the possibility of creating a whole new reality, and I, I intuitively think some part of him just didn't want that. You know, we always assume that the homeless, you know, arrogantly assume that, that I did this, assume that the homeless want to come back into the world, and and that we have something they want. And of course, it's not always the case. Sometimes they really don't want to come back for whatever reason in their own history or their own perspective. Um, and I think that was a case of someone who really didn't really want to come back. So it's by choice. I always say it's by choice. Yeah, that we, you, uh, you know, know, it's his trip. I don't, I don't know enough. You know, he, he has many secrets, so I don't know enough about the truth of that trip to to understand what that was about for him. But you know, right. his choice. And you also on your website, you have a great website, um, soulshaping.com, www.soulshaping.com. You offer um, Soul Shaping University. There's yeah, great, I, great information. Um, yeah. Yeah, online uh, events as well, workshops. Uh, that's a download. There's a, I'm doing another download. It's all download. Course. Okay. It's a it's a download course, uh, six classes and a written exercise PDF and all that. And the Finding Sacred Purpose course is being downloaded a lot. And I mean, my next course, I'm doing a Healing Your Relationship with the Sacred Masculine course, arising from my apologies to the Divine Feminine blog. So I'm working on that course now, and that should be up at some point in February, I think. I'm just going to keep adding courses to it. I love it. It's, uh, I, 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 I know. It, it's a great site. I, I encourage and it's affordable, to And it's all affordable, and I try to make yeah. it totally affordable and accessible. People charge six, 800 bucks for these Divine Purpose courses, and I just don't have the heart to do that. And, and uh, I, I like it 
so that everybody gets a shot because so often the people who most need to do a purpose course are the ones who can't afford to do one, um, have very little money because they're not on their path and they're not inspired right. by what they're doing. Right. So, I, you know, you can pay as low as $39 to download that course on my site and I'm going to do my best to always keep it like that. Yeah, um, you know, I, I really appreciate you for doing that because I think, you know, I mean, I have a lot of great um, um, successful you know, people and teachers out there that I know that they are because they are real and they understand that most people who are asking for help. I mean, the reason they ask for help because they need to, you know, um, you know, to to better their life for one way or another or in what area or you know whatever is going on. But uh, um, they do it at a very reasonable, you know, rate and they're yeah. outrageously charged. Because I mean, I've heard like I've seen people. I mean, let's let's, let's face it. I've been. You know, I've been there trying to, like, self-improve myself. I've been on a journey for a long time. So, of course, I've been, like, you know, on so many different sites and so many different teachers has helped me throughout yeah. my career. And I've seen them all, you know. And uh, and I paid quite a bit of money to become where I am, you know, to be a Oh, me too. As, I totally, as a I life. totally yeah. yeah, so, you know, I paid the price, you know. But the thing is, when I try to put something out there, you know, I also do the same thing. I try to make it, you know, where people can you know, get the help that they needed. So, you know, it is available. So make sure you do visit um, Jeff's uh, website and, and, and utilize some of these tools and, and uh, downloads that he has available for you. And, um, Jeff, is there, what else can we talk about? You know, because I know I kept you on the on the air. I extended the, the show a little bit so I don't we don't get cut off. But, uh, um, I mean, just on the topic. What is, what's that? Go ahead. Now, just on the topic, uh, maybe we can close out with this on the whole money thing. Of course, you know, you buy the books, you do the take, you do, you know, you, you're just really just spending money to be reminded of what you already know but have forgotten. You know, I mean, just like it's not like somebody knows something you don't know. I mean, they just may be a little bit more aware of it at the moment. But I really think people should be careful not to go beyond their means in terms of um, seeking help on this path. Therapeutic support, if it's a great therapist, is one thing because that's so important. But if someone's charging a grand for a course or something, be very careful about that. Um, and to me, it's energetic. If, if, they're, if they're putting the course together to make money, I'm not sure it's going to land in the same way as the people who are putting the courses together because they actually want to help people. The energy is different. And so if it's really beyond your means, then maybe that means that you shouldn't spend the money. You know, I've seen people bankrupt themselves questing for something deeper and you know i think you have to be a little bit selective about where and how you spend your money on this path so you don't you don't end up at the end of the day feeling like you haven't made any progress at all and you have no money you know so a lot yeah, of people I mean, in this that are in it a lot of them are in it are in it for the money and that's and that doesn't mean they're not wise useful and helpful but i think you have to be careful and not go too far. Most of the knowledge that you're seeking, really, is you're just seeking it inside of your own bones. And it doesn't cost any money to go inside your own bones. You have to spend some money sometimes to get the tools that you need to remember how to do that. But remember, at some point, when you're ready to be a finder, you know, we can be a seeker forever. It's safer. It's less vulnerable. It's less risky. We're not taking a shot at our path. In a way, we're looking for our path. You know, you got to notice that moment in yourself when you have enough information to now step into your path more fully and to embody yourself as a finder and not live completely as a seeker who's constantly spending money looking for answers that on some level you know you already have. Yeah, true to that. I'm into yeah. that. 
with all that. Got to be, got to be careful. You just got to be careful. Oh, absolutely. And and you know, I always say, like you know, um, you really need to ask yourself, you know, who are you listening to, and is that person that you're listening to um, represents what you're looking for, or are they living what they reach in? Um, because I think the majority, not to be, you know, naming anybody or putting anybody down, but most of them actually, let's face it, if they're making their money, they're not making it by really, you know, they're making it by getting the money from you to sell you on something or whatever. So really be be conscious of who you're listening to and why you're listening to that person and, and is that person really giving you what they uh, they really are doing in their life. Um, right. One more last thing, I guess, not to be least, and I hope we... I I really would love to have you on again, and I know you're just an amazing amazing person. Just thank you so much for being here. Anything you want to say about divine a uh, divine uh, feminine? Is it divine? No, I mean you know I wrote blog? a blog that you're working on. I know. Yeah, I just wrote, no, I wrote a piece called the Apologies to the Divine Feminine Apologies, it's on my okay. website that yeah has been okay. read read a number of times, and you know it's something that. Uh, people might want to just take a look at and see where it lands for them. You know, I mean, a lot of my work is moving in the direction of an honoring of the receptive. I mean, this is my growing edge as an edgy warrior is to keep moving in the direction of receptivity, you know, and, and an honoring of the feminine within myself and other. And, you know, I grew up not feeling that way, seeing, you know, not understanding the feminine and not understanding that open-hearted path and not all of that. And, as my journey unfolds, I become much more compassionate to it and much less patient with the traditionally armored male path in myself and in others. And, you know, I think that our only hope on this planet is to move in the direction of the honoring of the divine feminine. It's our only hope. And um, and I think it's starting to happen. I do. I think women are starting to take over, and I'm just delighted by, just delighted by that. <laughs> Just delighted. Yeah, I, I feel that movement too myself. You know, as a woman, yeah, it's you know, amazing. I, I it's wonderful. Always Fantastic. believe that I need to be, you know, um, you know, my own independent, and I need to, you know, seek more and, and ask for more, and, and not just, you know, say, you know, I could just be a piece of that furniture that the Satan. Absolutely. Oh, it, uh, empowering women is it's just fantastic. You know, it's and, it's and, our you know, only hope as men too. Right. Yeah, but it's our only hope as men. I mean, if you we don't create. Um, completely liberated uh, balance um, in terms of genders where everybody has access and opportunity to be everything that they are, then we're, uh, as men, we're lost. You know, we're we're brought into counterbalance by our relationship to the feminine. And uh, if the feminine is denied access on any level to the path, we are also denied access to our wholeness because we're completely in this together. And if we don't realize that, we're nobody... You know, the the old-style paternalistic man who thought he had everything because he was in power and in control and dominating everybody, he had nothing because nothing touched his heart because he was fractured and disconnected from the feminine. So what was accomplished? Nothing's accomplished. Some unhealthy, egoic sense that you have everything and you have some silly notion of power, but really on a deeper whole human level, there wasn't any humanness happening because there was no connection to the inner feminine or the external feminine. So it serves everybody. Yeah, right. It serves everybody. It serves everybody if everybody can be completely whole. I mean, you know, one thought about that, I think it's it's the imbalance between, you know, um, how may I mean, I know you guys have have it hard, too. It's not an easy to be a male trying to understand a woman because, 
you're more logical, you understand things from a logic versus most women connect with how they feel about certain things and, and whether they miss, you know, they feel like they misunderstood or they can't get their points across. But I think there's also um, contradiction in the, in the feminine uh, side, as a woman I speak of that, where we want it both ways. <laughs> you know? We're, 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 we're all they wanna What's that? We're all confused on the gender battleground. I mean, we're all confused. We've had conditioned realities, and we want this other way of being, but we don't quite know what that looks like. And yeah, I mean, we're 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 all in this confusion together. And the sooner we acknowledge we're all confused, we can start moving. (laughs) You know, like it's okay to be confused. (laughs) You just got to be comfortable saying I'm confused. I mean, you know, and maybe you have to be strongly egoic enough to be able to admit your confusion. I don't know what has to happen, but. You know, there's nothing wrong with admitting that it's it's very confusing for men and for women. You know, what women are attracted to, but what they say they want, and what men are attracted to, and what they say they want. It's all mixed up. You know, it is all mixed up. But we, the moment we can come out and get in a circle and start talking about the confusion, we're going to get somewhere. Exactly, and that's what the goal is. Because you know, I mean, when we ask, you know, we want equality, and in the same time, well, you didn't open a door, car door for me. Well, yeah. <laughs> we we need to realize it's like okay, you know, it's confusion. You open I mean, the door for me, right? You know, right, so vice right, versa, right. something like that. But like I said, this is another topic. But it is, you know, it is so great to talk with you, Jeff. I really appreciate right you. So grateful for you present here and 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 you being you my it. friend on Facebook and being in my life. I think you know we all show up in each other's life for a reason. And and I think, you know, I'm hoping people get something positive out of the show. And and please visit Jeff's website and and check out some of his courses that you can download. And um, it's www.soulshaping.com. And if you'd like to know more about me, of course, you can always reach me on my website, www.coachingbyria.com. That's one word. And I'm going to leave you with some um, a breathing technique that I have um, put together. And, Jeff, thank you so much for being ha- you know, being with us and, and have an amazing day. I really want to have you back, if that's okay. <laughs> uh, fantastic. We'll do it again. Thank you, you got so it. much. Okay. Thanks, Rhea. Take care. Oh, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd like to end this segment with a few breath techniques meditation to help you ease into the day. So draw your breath, your awareness to your breath. Breathe in through your nose if you can, where the breath is nice and warm. Draw your breath from your belly and allow the breath to channel in every direction. Allow that breath to scan your body and channel that breath where you feel tightness. Imagine that breath massaging your body where you feel that tightness. Allow the breath to move to your spine, to the back of your neck, 
Now exhale. Exhale and feel the breath in the back of your throat. Allow the breath to calm your thoughts and slow the breath down. And allow your thoughts to follow your breath. And with each exhale, let go. Let go and go deeper. Deeper and deeper. Now begin to bring your awareness back to your body. Slowly move your head to the left, to the right. In a moment, I'm going to count from one to five. On the count of five, you'll open your eyes, feeling fine, in perfect health feeling better than before, and this is so, one, two, coming out slowly now, three, on the count of five, you'll open your eyes, feeling fine, in perfect health, feeling better than before, and this is so, four, five, your eyes are open, you're feeling fine and ready for the remainder of the day.